Hi there, Monica White, licensed mental health counselor here. Welcome to Boost Your EQ. This is the podcast where I teach the most important psychology skills you can learn to build abundant, thriving relationships with yourself and the people around you. This is episode 25 on resilience. In this episode, I'm going to walk through the eight steps to building resilience. So let's get started. So it's the end of December outside of Boston and I'm going on vacation tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that. I started noticing the past few weeks that the stress in my body is building up and for many people that's just seasonal. So I've been seeing that um, with clients and in the hospital with patients. So yeah, it's the end of December and it's the best time to take a vacation. So I'm going to start my vacation tomorrow. Even though resilience is this huge, big psychology concept, it's very important and so much could be said about it. However, I'll try not to get into depth with it. I'm going to try to keep this episode really short. As I usually mention, you can find the PDF checklist on my Instagram at wellbe2go. So if you find me on Instagram at wellbe2go, you can scroll down and you'll find the topic that says eight steps to building resilience. If you scroll to the right, you're going to see the eight steps in a checklist format. If you can find that checklist, you can follow along in this episode with me and that'll just help break it down and keep it easier to process and understand, you know, what I'm discussing. So resilience is a big topic. However, I am going to break it down into eight simple steps. And I think by the end of the episode, it's going to make sense to you why this topic is so important. Resilience is one of those keys to realistic, sustainable uh, life and well-being. Science and evidence factors that build your resilience are having realistic optimism, effective problem solving, resilient role models, physical fitness, brain fitness, self-efficacy, self-regulation, emotional awareness, flexibility, empathy, strong relationships, and purpose. So that's a lot, right? Those are a lot of psychology concepts. Most of those I have talked about, um, you know, each one of those concepts could be broken down into several different steps. So again, I'm going to try not to overcomplicate resilience. So let's just start with the first step of building resilience. Build supportive relationships that provide mentorship, offer encouragement, and reassurance. So, you know, this one we think is common sense, right? But how difficult is it to get the right mentorship and someone that can encourage you and offer you reassurance? It's pretty hard. You know, I consider myself someone who was in school most of my life and it was really difficult. It wasn't until 30 that I found the most amazing boss. And this is the boss that changed my life and gave me the confidence and ability to thrive and become like a really great professional. So, you know, if it took me until age 30 to find the best boss ever, I can only imagine how difficult it is for everyone to find someone who can mentor us, offer encouragement and reassurance. My one and only best favorite boss ever is still my shining star. And she's still the inspiration for everything that I do. Probably eight years later, she's still the standard. So she's still my barometer of excellence. And she's the one that I still model myself after. So having an amazing mentor that offers encouragement and reassurance is life-changing. That's another reason why I created Boost Your EQ 
Booster EQ is my free 12-step online video course, and it's going to teach the fundamentals of becoming a healthy leader and boss and entrepreneur. And the inspiration is my favorite boss ever. Because she changed my life in such a deep, profound way, it's a reason why I want to offer that mentorship and encourage other young professionals. The second step to building resilience is develop the capacity to make realistic goals, practice decisiveness, and take actionable steps to complete tasks. In episode 22, I discussed seven steps for decision making. And so, you know, learning how to become decisive and how to break it down and look at all your choices and options is going to help you practice the skill of decisiveness. And then you also want to take actionable steps to complete the tasks. So if you go back to episode 22, you can learn the seven steps for decision making. And this is a step for building resilience. Taking action steps, completing tasks, and knowing what you're looking forward to is really important. Lately, I've been helping all my clients and, you know, patients, people that I see regularly to make timelines. So timelines for 2020, timelines of their life. You can create on a piece of drawing paper a timeline of your life. You can also create one for 2020. So this past week, I created a timeline for my first business, for my coaching business, for my financial life, for my personal life, for things that I want in my life. I created so many different timelines. I even have one for health issues, right? So I can remember the steps that I took to get health issues solved and to look forward to health issues. So most of us have multiple health issues. Each separate thing is different. So there's that you can make an anxiety timeline of when you've gotten anxious and how you're going to curb that. You can also create one for your finances. Uh, if you need to work on your finances, you can create a 2020 timeline and goals. If you're looking for relationships, if you are building big goals this year, you want to create timelines. And so you can not only just practice decisiveness, but you can create action steps to complete tasks. So as you know, I think I've mentioned that I'm in a coaching group. And in the coaching group, the first thing we did was to create a 2020 timeline. So action steps and goals and things that we're going to do to break those goals down and get them completed. So part of my goals for 2020 actually are finishing season two. So I'm trying to get through season two in order to start season three, which is going to align with the next level of all the different skills that I'm teaching for young professionals, right? So building resilience means that we are able to make realistic goals. That's another thing. So a lot of people that I talk to have, you know, less than realistic goals. They haven't really identified how to break things down and get things done. So in order to accomplish anything, you really can accomplish anything in life. It's just breaking it down into realistic goals. We tend to get overwhelmed when we haven't broken those goals down and looked at, you know, action steps to get them accomplished. So if that's something you're interested in, I definitely recommend getting into a coaching group or you can chat with your trainer or your counselor and discuss timelines. So that's, you know, step number two is really important. Let's move on to step number three. Step number three, practice positive self-image and self-confidence. Take inventory of your strengths and abilities. 
Again, this is a really big concept. It's step number three of building resilience. Many episodes I've talked about self-esteem, self-image, self-affirmation, self-nurturing, self-care. These are all super important. We want to have a stable, positive, realistic self-image, and that's the way we build our confidence. So we can take inventory of our strengths, and we can also be you know, vulnerable and realize that we have um, limitations. In order to embrace our limitations, we can't fear it. We can't avoid it. We just have to say, okay, you know, here's a list of some of my limitations. However, here's a realistic look at my strengths and my abilities. So in order to be a person that's resilient, we can look at our strengths. We can, you know, acknowledge and be curious about our limitations. Maybe it's something we can work with. Maybe it's something we have to accept. Um, but we want to have an inventory of our strengths and our abilities. So that's the third step to building resilience. Step number four of the eight steps to building resilience is look for opportunities for self-discovery, practice creativity, and your ability to manage problems in life. So I always say, you know, if we can do self-care, if we can do self-nurturing, we're going to hone our creativity. There's always going to be obstacles, challenges, and problems in life. If we can open up that space for self-discovery and tune into our creativity, that's going to help us manage problems. My old motto eight to 10 years ago was think outside the box. I don't use that uh, motto anymore. I don't know why, I just kind of forgot about it. But this reminds me of that motto, to think outside the box. So I always knew that I was going to have to think outside the box in order to create new and innovative ways of seeing and doing things. And I'm always challenging myself to look outside the box and think outside the box. By that, I use a lot of creativity. So whatever I feel is creative, writing things down, putting things on drawing paper, creating timelines, you know, all the things that I'm doing in my business are extremely innovative and creative. And the, you know, I look around and I see other people who are doing innovative and creative things as well. However, I'm looking for my own self-discovery. So my barometer of success is me. So every time I self-discover something, every time I try something new and train my brain, and then I take myself to a different level of self-discovery, it's just a really amazing way to build my resilience. So number four is look for opportunities for your own self-discovery. Practice creativity, try to solve problems in new ways, look for others who are solving problems in innovative and new ways, and this is going to help you solve and manage any obstacle and any challenge in life. Whenever I bring this topic up, inevitably there's going to be someone that challenges this. So I'm pretty used to having patients and clients say, yes, but. <laughs> so that's pretty typical. So anytime we start working on these topics, there's always people who say, yes, but. They have a self-limiting, self-sabotaging, sort of um, unrealistic way of solving problems. And the thing I say to them is, for every problem in life, there's probably a solution or solutions or a way forward. And in the past episodes, I've talked about how you can become decisive, right? So if there's not a solution, which for most problems in life, most issues, most challenges, there are already solutions. And if you haven't found it, then I challenge you to continue to find it. So almost everything, as Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. She's right. 
there's almost a solution for every problem. Secondly, if there isn't a solution for the problem that you're facing, then that requires an adjustment, a shift in perspective, and that's called acceptance. So if you've gone through all the decision making and you still can't solve a problem, clearly that's going to require acceptance. Those are for some of the big life issues that we just can't control. You know, things like chronic health, chronic illness, people dying in our life, bad things happening, right? That requires acceptance. That's a whole nother topic. And, you know, I have talked about acceptance and decision-making skills. So this step number four, there are always ways to solve problems. And I challenge you, if you are having sort of that self-limiting belief and you get overwhelmed, then you want to hone into your skills for decision-making. Because as I mentioned, you know, there's 70,000 different problems in life and most of them have been solved. (laughs) So, you know, they've been documented and solved. So there is a way to, you know, manage problems in life. And you also want to continue to be creative, flexible, and as we're talking about, resilient. Step number four is super important if you are a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, or if you're looking to create new and innovative ways of doing things. So step number four is look for opportunities for self-discovery and practice creativity. I could say so much more about this topic, um, but instead of going on and on about how amazing it is, I'm just gonna move on to number five. Step number five of the eight steps to building resilience is maintain a hopeful outlook and perspective. Okay, this is kind of something I've been talking about, um, but that's training your brain. So train your brain, train your brain to maintain a hopeful outlook and perspective. Again, that's realistic. A way that I challenge people to think about this is that most of us are going to live to be 80 something years plus. So realistically, there is hope. Realistically, you know, we're going to be able to solve and survive and thrive through most of life's issues. So you want to maintain that, you know, realistic, hopeful, sustainable outlook and perspective. So that's step number five to building your resilience. Step number six to building resilience is develop the ability to manage strong feelings and impulses. Okay, so in psychology speak and counseling terms, this is called emotional and mood regulation. So I love strong feelings. I always take strong feelings as a sign that something's out of alignment and something is not balanced. So strong feelings can get in the way of us making decisions, solving problems, and taking action, right? Strong feelings can go on for days and hours and weeks and months. So if you're having strong feelings, you want to be able to manage it. You want to say, hey, let's not avoid this. Let's not look away. Let's not try to control and stifle my strong feelings. Let's go, let's get curious. Let's radically accept the strong feelings and take it as a sign that it's something that we want to look into. Strong feelings are part of our intuition. They guide and they tell us where we need to go in life. So strong feelings, we don't want to avoid, minimize, and control them. We want to radically accept them, get curious, and start noticing and paying attention to them. As I've mentioned before, strong feelings are part of our intuition, our survival um, mechanism, and they're part of our body's reaction to keeping us safe and to challenge us to take ourselves up different levels of success in life. So strong feelings are great if you're using it for good. 
to do positive things in the world, to make change, to innovate, to create, to, you know, give back in some way. Strong feelings can be uh, self-limiting and they can sabotage us if we avoid them, if we don't pay attention to them, and if we don't manage them. Step six, a way to develop the ability to manage strong feelings is to pay attention to them, to notice them, right? However, the second part of this is developing the ability to manage strong impulses. Most of us, when we get strong feelings, we become impulsive. This is where I always help my clients um, notice that. So let's say we don't like our job. We don't want to become impulsive and just say, okay, I'm leaving this job. If you're feeling strong and you're getting an impulsive drive to take action, then you want to slow down. You want to look deeper. You want to become more decisive. And if you're feeling impulsive, I always challenge people to go into something that's better not run away, not fight things that we don't like. So let's say you don't like your job, you wanna go into a job that is better for you, that is builds your life, that makes your life better, not because you don't like your current job, but because you feel that there's a better place for you to go and a better level of your life to go towards, right? So we don't wanna become impulsive because we don't like something. We don't wanna you know, quit our job because we don't like our job. We want to quit our job and move on to something that's better because there's a better job. So that is going to help take you up different levels in life. Same thing with relationships. We don't want to quit our relationships and end relationships because we don't like it, because we're being impulsive. We want to end relationships thoughtfully and solve relationship issues slowly and consciously. I often think of Gwyneth Paltrow's conscious uncoupling, right? I, I believe probably a therapist or someone coined that. Um, so you want to consciously uncouple. You want to go towards things that are going to help build your life, build abundance, build more positive experiences. So a new job that builds more positive experiences allows you to grow rather than quitting a job because you're unhappy. And this has always proved very successful in my life as well. So when I was unhappy in my outpatient job, I said, you know what, how can I become more creative? How can I take this up a level? Then I solved the problem and I built a private practice. Same thing, you know, then I got a job that's even more better. So because I built a private practice, I learned all these skills and then I got a job that was like perfect for me that I just really love in a much better environment with much more um, capable mentors and coworkers, right? So you never wanna self-sabotage yourself. Same thing in relationships, you go towards something better rather than quitting and just ending things because you're unhappy. In order to become more resilient, you want to build your resilience and decision-making skills. So that's number six, developing the ability to manage strong feelings and impulses. And that's part of building your resilience. Step number seven, practice self-acceptance. Take realistic inventory of your coping skills and perceive feedback as helpful. Okay, that's a big one. So I'm just gonna say, try to look at feedback from other people as constructive. So you always want to take feedback in a constructive way, not a personal way. Always ask yourself, how is this helping me? What is this teaching me? How can I use this to make my life and to train myself to become a more resilient, flexible, creative person? So step number seven is just, you know, 
Perceiving feedback is helpful. Always try to be proactive, creative, and constructive with feedback. That's definitely gonna build your resilience. Step number eight, the last step to building resilience is cultivate a change-oriented mindset to help you cope with setbacks, adapt, and commit to progress in the face of obstacles and challenges. Okay, basically the capstone of everything that I've been discussing today Cultivate a change-oriented, proactive, productive mindset to help you cope and solve setbacks, adapt, and commit to progress because inevitably in business, in life, in any sort of entrepreneur field, in any sort of career track, we're going to be presented with obstacles and challenges. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Just cultivate a change-oriented mindset. And those are all the skills that I've been helping you learn in this podcast. So along with helping you, I've been training my brain and this has been helpful in helping me train others. So all these skills are going to help you become a really healthy, effective boss, a supervisor, a leader, a business owner, and an online entrepreneur. So these are all really important psychology steps that we should all be practicing together. So that's it. Those are the eight steps to building resilience. And yay, we got through it all. So anyhow, I thought this episode could be short. Turns out that it is a huge, big topic and it's an awesome one. So again, I hope you enjoyed and loved this topic as much as I have. Resilience is one of my favorite psychology topics. When I first learned about resilience, I just knew that it was so wonderful. So it's a fabulous topic. It's a great skill to learn. I hope you all have a good weekend and a great week and a happy new year. I am definitely going to have a happy new year. So take care, friends. Enjoy and see you in next episode.